Florida. Last year, I spent $254,000 out of my pocket to do the Only Black Spot Expo. And I let everybody come for free. They had a full three-quarter hot meal every day. And no other girl on the planet doing it. That's why I'm number one. I'm giving away the trademark. I'm giving away the awards. I'm taking people from zero dollars to a million dollars. Ain't nobody else doing it. That's why I'm number one. And I'm doing it through marketing. It's a mindset thing. It's all about what people want. I want this life, man. I want to be on your podcast. I want to be telling my story. I want to be inspiring somebody else. I want to show somebody how I was broke, how I had nothing, how my baby daddy did me wrong, how I moved to Atlanta, got flat broken, was sleeping on the floor, and then had my car and come feed my kids and bumped up and became a multimillionaire. It's important to me. But them people, they, they cool They cool with how they like like is. I was just telling my other homegirl who right here, I said, I tried to be regular, it don't work for me. I've been doing this for 11 years, so I sacrificed a lot for 11 years. And I was just telling my team the other day, I said, I would, because somebody's trying to book me right now for another date. I said, this is my anniversary, I can't do it. So I said, moving forward, I would never take a booking on an important date for my family. I would never do it again. I don't care what the money is. I just, I would never do it again. These kids being older and they remember saying, Mom, it's my, it doesn't matter what I do or how we live, they don't remember that. My mom was not here for my birthday. Um, and so what I said is, I actually, this weekend alone, even this weekend, I got like four events. I don't know how I'm going to get for them. And so I'm like, these are the things we pray for. You know, I'm, I'm living an answer prayer, but at the same time, I got to be here for my family and for my kids. So Welcome to another episode of the Iowa Change Podcast. And as y'all know, with every episode, your life will never be the same. You never think the same. You never move the same. You never work the same because in every show, every episode, you guys know that we're going to have transparent conversations and conversations that's going to change your life. So um, with that being said, um, actually, you know what? I am going to do something different because it's been on my heart this morning. I was just thinking as I, as I was driving, I was like, I want to shout out God one time because he gave me an opportunity to sit here with you. Mm -hmm. And I don't take that lightly. He gave both of us an opportunity to sit here together. 100%. You 100%. And I also want to tell you thank you as well for taking your time out um, sitting here with me. I do truly, truly, truly appreciate that. And thank you for the opportunity. Yes, ma'am. Before we get started, right, the first question I want to ask you is, let's say you get invited to a networking event, right? And they give you opportunity to speak. Uh, you walking up on stage, they hand you the microphone. How do you introduce yourself and tell people what it is that you do? What would you say? No, that's dope. So first thing first, it depends on what room I'm in and what I'm going to say. So I do networking events every single week around the country. So if I'm in a room, like I'm in Houston, I was with other spa professionals. So how I introduced myself today in Houston was, hey, it's your girl, Candy Tolyfield Parker, Wiley known as the six-figure spa chick the number one marketing strategies for spa and beauty pros. And I only help 23 spa pros make their first million dollars and their number is not great enough for me. My goal before you today is to help you make your first million dollars. So make sure you got your pen and paper and pay attention. Make sure you have your pen and paper and pay attention. Yeah. I like that, I like that. Um, let's digress a little bit. Who were you before the spa chick? Oh my gosh, a hot mess, everybody, okay? <laughs> I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, my baby daddy was a big time drug dealer in the, in the city. Um, my baby daddy before that, he was the captain of the uh, basketball team. So I always was, was popular. For years, um, I always dressed well. I was the only child for a long time too. So I always was spoiled my whole life. I had nice clothes. When I to eat, I always was a straight A student. Um, and of course, when I got older, that's when I lost myself when I got older. I had a very, very good childhood. But because nobody could not tell me anything, when I got older, I was just like, I'm grown, I can do whatever I want to do. And that's when I started making a lot of bad decisions when it came to, to men. And that's what set me back for years and years and years until I reinvented myself to be six-figure spot chick. What? What's that process like of reinventing yourself? Or, or a better question I should ask is, at what point or what happened to make you be like, you know what, let's pump the brakes here. Something gotta change. Oh, that's a good question. 
So I got three three kids by three different men, and every relationship ended horrible. Um, every relationship, I feel devalued. I didn't feel like the queen that I am. Um, I felt disrespected, but I I allowed them to do those things. Um, none of them took care of their kids, and I've been in relationships for a long time. I don't be jumping a lot of ships. Right. So I'm like, man, you know, and it was just all horrible. And I remember that the relation the my second kid, I loved him more than anybody I ever loved in the world. And when that ended, that just changed everything for me. Like, I was sick for like two years. Um, lost myself for two years. Lost my crown for two years. And I remember from that moment, because I went to school with him. I knew him my whole life. We grew up together. We were supposed to get married. And so when that particular relationship ended... That's when I decided to reinvent myself. I said I would never let nobody not treat me like a queen. That's why right now everybody called me queen. Even though my name came, they'd be like, hey, queen, hey, queen. And I just reinvented myself. I was like, I'm a queen. I would never let nobody treat me this way again. And then when I got married for the first time, I was in charge of the relationship because I was the queen. I wasn't going to let anybody disrespect me. I wasn't going to let anybody make me feel any type of way. And so I, was, I had been in charge of my relationships ever since that moment but that ruined my first marriage because the man is supposed to be in charge and not the woman but i had to be in charge to make sure i got handled the way i wanted to be handled hey, you know what I, and i was just gonna ask you about that like how did that dynamic work with you wanting to be in charge like did that cause any stifle in the marriage but like you said it did and i didn't want to be in charge i feel like i had to like my husband now best man i ever had in my life it's so ironic I, before i came to houston um it's my little baby birthday, but I had to come to work. And I was telling my husband, we was at the grocery store getting my little baby. Me and my husband now, we have no kids together. And we was at the grocery store, we was getting all of her, um, like, balloons and things like that. And I was telling my husband, I said, and I've been with him eight years, by the way. And just this week, I said, I am so happy to have you. I said, it took me to go through so much to get this perfect moment just walking through the grocery store with the man of my dreams. And so, even though I am a queen... I know how to make sure that I am allowing him to be the king because I didn't do that in my first marriage. What about that moment made you realize that this was perfect? With my man I got now? Right. Because every time I tried to break up with him, God was like, don't break up with him. <laughs> Again, me wanting to be in charge, knowing what I want, being the queen, knowing, knowing what I want from a man. And every time I would think about breaking up with him, like God would give me some sign and give him another chance. And he wasn't cheating on me and like that. It was just, he wasn't moving fast enough in how I wanted him to move. When I got with him, I was already a six-figure earner. I already had my own business. I became a millionaire while dating him, though. But we wasn't married yet. And it was like God was just telling me to just, not yet, just give him time. Give him time. And it took me seven years to just give him the time for him to be the man of my dreams. And he is the absolute man of my dreams. Seven years is a long time. It is. I know. Women. I had to learn how to mature date too, though. Like, as women, we'll go from man to man. Oh, if he ain't doing this, we gone. He ain't doing this, we gone. And it wasn't that he wasn't doing those things. He had never dealt with a woman like me before. He had never. Like, I'm a queen. I want this. I want the best of the best. I want this. I want that. And he was doing those things, but it was other things that I wanted him to do. Um, but he didn't know how to do them. And he wasn't used to doing them. But he he had all of the other checklists. And so I had to learn how to mature maturely date to say, hey, am I going to not date him because of this and then go start over with somebody else and then they don't have these other qualities. So I had to learn how to mature date um, to be with him. And it, wasn't, and it wasn't the whole seven years. We had a lot of good times in those moments as well. But now he is the man of my dreams. Shout out to husband. I love you, baby. Shout out to husband. Um, another question I want to ask you was, uh, oh, sorry, before I ask you that question, let me, I want to give you your flowers because every time I go to your Instagram page, you show up as, and this is just my point of view from the outside looking in, you seem like a person who knows themselves, like you know yourself, you know who you are, and that is so beautiful. And what what's, and I think what's going to make this, interview a special one is because the audience is getting a conversation from people that both know themselves mm -hmm. and I heard a powerful quote one time it said if you're not being yourself 
and you talking to somebody else that don't know themselves, then nobody's there. And that shifted my whole perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine that. Both of you are trying to be somebody else, nobody there. Right, right. So for you, I want to give you your flowers. Every time I see you, you just be yourself. I don't know how and to be I anything. That. I don't know how to be any. I don't know how to be anything else. But a lot of people struggle with that, though. Imposter syndrome. A lot of people struggle with mm -hmm. being someone else or trying to act like somebody else. Mm -hmm. And was that ever an issue for you? Because the way you show up now is just so beautiful. It was so, um, I'm here at this conference. It was diverse. It wasn't just black people. And so I was telling my team, I said, when I try to be somebody I'm not, my delivery is not well. I, like, I have an anointing on me to be a teacher, to be an educator. So it just flows for me. So when I try to not be myself or fit this certain mold, it doesn't come off as great as I like it. So I have to, so anybody that reach out to me to speak or do, I'm like, hey, I just wanna make sure you know who I am. I wanna, cause it's hard for me not to be who I am. The delivery won't, the message won't reach who I needed to reach when I'm not being myself. So I just have, that's another part too about reinventing yourself when you know who you are, when you know what you want, when you just clear on, I'm that girl or I'm that guy and, and you're clear on what your gifts are and you're clear on what your talent. And it takes time too sometimes to learn, to learn what your gifts. I fought this stuff for years. I didn't I didn't want to be out. It's too much work and it got too much money. <laughs> but you know, did you, when I just went to Africa and I remember I went to the last bath and um, the guy who I was with, she was like, your ancestors got something for you. And I was like, I don't want to do that, you know, because the water was dirty and, and gone at the last bath. I'm like, I don't want to go in that water. It's dirty, but this is amazing. I'm seeing the, the culture, history. And she was like, mm-mm, your ancestors got something for you. And I went in the water. I didn't put my pom-pom in there, but I kneeled <laughs> down on my hands and my knees, and I just prayed to God that I know to pray to and how I know how to pray. And I and I heard it loud and clear. It was like, you got to go. You got to go lead people. Like, this is your assignment. This is your anointing. You can't give up on black people. You gotta go lead the people. Cause I'm like, I do all this teaching, I do all this educating, I do all these free events. Y'all gave away over a million dollars. And I'm like, how people still broke? I'm, I'm not only just giving you the fish to eat it, I'm showing you how to go catch fish for the rest of your life and you won't follow the blueprint. So I was just tired and burnt out. And so that day in Africa, I just heard it loud and clear. God said, I'm taking care of the whole world. I'm putting you in charge of a certain group of people and you can't even do this. I said I would never complain again. That's a powerful story. Mm -hmm. You had said that you became a millionaire while with him. With my husband. With your husband. Mm -hmm. What did, and I don't know if this is too much of a personal question, but- I'm an open in, book. In, in, in what ways did he allow you or help you succeed to that level? So I don't want to say, um, I was already doing all this before I got with him though. Right. I was already traveling in the week. I was already, I, everything just went to the 10th power. The, the more you show up, the more people see you. The more people see your gifts and see your talents. And I used to pray for, right now to this day, I still say bigger stages, bigger chicks, bigger opportunities. I still say it to this day. So I don't want to say that my husband allowed me to do it or even helped me to do it. Um, he prayed for me, he prayed for, he prayed for my family, but I did a lot of hard work. But my husband definitely prays for me and allow me to run my business. Most women, not most, some, they don't have a supportive spouse. They don't want them traveling. They don't want them away from home. They don't want them doing it. They don't want them doing it. He allows me to do all those things and he never complained about uh, me sacrificing my family for my, for my work. That's dope. While we on that, I seen you a post the other day uh... You are post the other day. You said something about mom guilt. Oh my gosh, yes. What, and I know there's a lot of women that deal with that. Um, basically, I think the situation was your daughter has a birthday, mm -hmm. and um, oh, being yeah. away working while she has a birthday makes you feel some type of mom guilt. You want to make me cry, don't you? I don't. I just you I, do. No, 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 no. You want to make me cry? I, I, I just know a lot of women deal with that. And see, you know, my wife as well because. She is so attached to her to, to the babies to mm -hmm. where it's like for me, my mindset that I gotta go get it. Like mm -hmm. I don't mind sacrificing a little bit of time now and catching up later. Right, right, right. What what is that like for you? So that's a thing, it's not a little bit of time, it's a lot of time. So really build for for the lifestyle that I want, for the things that I want, it's a lot of time. 
Um, and I've been doing this since my baby's been born. My baby's 11 now. So I've been doing this for 11 years. So I sacrificed a lot for 11 years. And I was just telling my team again, they, I said, I wouldn't. Because somebody's trying to book me right now for another date. I said, it's my anniversary. I can't do it. So I said, moving forward, I would never take a booking on an important date for my family. I would never do it again. I don't care what the money is. I just, I would never do it again. Because these kids getting older now, they remember things. Mom, it's my, it doesn't matter what I do or how we live. They don't remember that. My mom was not here for my birthday. Um, and so what I said is, I actually, this weekend alone, even this weekend, I got like four events. I don't know how I'm going to get to all four of them. Mm. And so I'm like, these are the things we prayed for. You know, I'm, I'm living an answer prayer, but at the same time, mm. I got to be here for my family and for my kids. Mm. So I'm here in Houston. I won my Trailblazer Award. I gave an amazing speech. I met a lot of new people. But I'm, I won't be at home when my daughter wake up for her birthday tomorrow. That killed my soul. I could not get a flight to get back out of here. And so now when she wakes up, her mama not there. I, I pray to God I get there by the time she get out of school. But I'm praying, I'm like, please don't let the flight be delayed. Please don't let this happen. Please don't let that happen. Because I got to be there by the time she get out of school. But I'm not there when she wake up on her birthday. And it just, I just had mom guilt. And I had to do her a pre-party on Friday before I can. And then I was supposed to be here on Saturday. People came to this event just for me. It's not my event. I was a special guest. But people came here to meet me. I wasn't here because I had to do these things for, for my kids. And that was more important. And But I still made it, but I was a day late. So the people who could stay, they did get to meet me. And so it's just, it's a it's a hard choice, man. Do I do I pick my business so I can take care of my kids? Or do I miss the kid's birthday? I mean, or do I go to the kid's birthday and miss the opportunities that I need to even do the birthday? So it's, it's hard, man. So for the young woman that's chasing her dreams, maybe going through the same exact thing, what advice you got for her? Um, I talk to my family all the time about who I am, what I do, why I have to do these things, but because I am an entrepreneur, I control my schedule and my time. I'm, I, I'm sorry for to cut your wisdom, but I meant from the mom girl standpoint. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, we, okay, okay. we control our time. If we don't want to take a gig, don't take it. And I got I got to know that that I do so much good. The universe gonna take care of me. I I would never in my life sacrifice my my baby birthday ever again. I will never do. I don't care what stage it is. I don't care what it is. I cannot do. And even for here, she was gonna come with me. I said, but she's gonna be stuck sitting in the conference with me all day because my schedule is full from the time I get there to the time I go home. She won't be able to do anything. So that doesn't make any sense. And so we control our time, man. Is the opportunity worth it and we're going to do it and not feel mom guilt or are we not going to take it and and be unapologetic about the decision? So moving forward, I'm unapologetic about my decisions. What's for me going to be for me? I just got another event. It was uh, with Steve Harvey. And I was like, I can't. I got a big event. I can't do it. And I told uh, my operation, man, whatever for me is for me. Another opportunity going to come around. And that's just what it is. That's amazing. Now, I I know this is a business podcast, and we, we end up talking about family <laughs> and life and all that stuff, so let's get on to business. Okay, okay. Six-figure spa chick. Mm-hmm. First of all, where did that name come from? Why why, why six-figure spa chick? Why not just spa chick? No, that's so dope. So my I have a spa. I've had a spa for 14 years. Still have a spa to this day. That page is called Queen of Massage ATL. Let me ask you this. What all... What does the spa include? What does all that My include? Spa? Yes. Well, just in general, or yes. But you know, yeah, we talking about you, so yes, spa. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of different variations of spa. But my spa, I'm known for spa parties. I'm known for a couples massage. I'm known for celebrity spa lounges where we go to different celebrity events, um, NBA All Star Games, the Super Bowl, uh, Essence Fits, where we do uh, massages or so chair massage or stretch therapy or or facials. I'm known for those type of things in the industry. Uh, I probably work with every network you can think about. I work with most influencers, most celebrities uh, in that spot space. And then when I moved to Atlanta, everybody, all my clients was rich for real. I had never saw money like that before from, from black people like that. You know, we see things on TV, but me going to this house, to that house, this place, that place, and seeing black people really had those things. And they didn't physically work how I worked with my hands. They worked with their heads. And so I created Six Figure Spot Chick. I said, I got to figure out how to make some money from my phone. 
instead of with just my hands. And so uh, one of my amazing mentors, she uh, has passed away. Her name was CC the Six Figure Chick. And so one day she changed her page name on Instagram. And she know this story about it, so don't be hating on me. She know this already. Mm -hmm. um, she changed her page name one day on Instagram. And the day that she changed her name, I made my account Six Figures by Chick. Because that's who I was. I had already made Six Figures from Groupon. And so I was just showing up on Instagram, showing people how to make money with Groupon as a spa provider. You just said so much, and I'm trying to, like, pick which direction I want to go in. But I think the first direction I want to go in is you said that you noticed that they were making money with their mind while you was making money with your hands. Mm -hmm. And it just brought me back to the four levels of value, which is the lowest level of value is implementation, where you use your hands, then you have unification, like people that work like manager jobs, mm -hmm. then you have communication, people that go on stages and speak, mm -hmm. and then you have the highest level of value is imagination. Mm -hmm. So it's like, as you climb every level, you make more money. Yeah, I did all of them. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you did all of them. You did all of them. Yeah, that's how I became a millionaire. That's how you became a millionaire. That's how. Mm -hmm. Love that. Uh, group this Groupon thing. Mm -hmm. I can't I can't bypass that. Let's t tell me more about that. So Groupon is a, a, a marketing, it's a marketing tool. It's a website, it's everywhere. And everything on there is at a discounting rate. And so I put my business on there. I made my first six figures. I actually made over $300,000 from there and turned that into like three, four million dollars. You know what? L let me digress a little bit more. What even made you want to get in the spa industry? I did not want to get in the spa industry. I, um, I was a waitress for 13 years. I did medical assistant. I did triage, like drawing blood, you know, doing medical stats. Um, one of my friends was a broker. I did home loan for her. I worked for an insurance place. I did a lot of things that just, I never liked any of those things. So I always would go back to waitress because it was just fast, everyday money. And so I was turning 30 and I'm like, I gotta do something with myself. Like, what am I gonna do with myself? And I'm like, I don't wanna start over at another restaurant. Uh, if I go get a corporate job, they probably gonna fire me because I wanna do what I wanna do when I get ready. And so I said, let me go learn another skill. And so I went to the career college. You had to take a test at this time. And I, I always was smart my whole life. And um, according to my test number, they said you could pick any program we got. I was going to do nursing. But nursing took a long time. I was like, I need money today. I'm a waitress. And they told me that the only program they had was massage therapy where you could be an entrepreneur the next day. Hmm. The day you graduate, I said, let me try that one. But I wasn't thinking about spa. I wasn't thinking about being an entrepreneur. I just was like, let me try to go learn something, do something with myself, and that's how I got into spa. So, you learned the skill. When did you decide to turn it into a business? I, well, so when you go to massage therapy school, it's against the law to charge for massages without a license. And so you get your table about three months in. So, three months into the year program, I started my business. But I was doing my services for free. I wasn't charging anybody because it was against the law. But I, I needed people to know me because anything I do, if I'm going to do it, I want to be serious about it. If I ain't going to be for real about it, I don't want to waste my time. So this was all I had or either I was going to keep on being a waitress. So I had to make this work. And so I started massaging people for free, whether it was a baby shower, a housewarming, a book signing, anything. I was like, can I come do massages for free? And of course people are going to say yes. And mind you, this was 14 years ago. And I would get tips. So after I make, I remember the first day I made $70 in tips. I was like, I'm on to something. I'm making seven. I'm making shit at the restaurant. Right. It's back in the day. And then I did another one. I made $100. I did another one. I made $200. I was like, oh yeah, this is. This, this is all up for tips. This trade out tips. And my business started three months into the school. And that was back in 2010. And what made you put your business on Groupon? So that's another good question. So Caucasians, like. Even right now, this spa world is not dominated by black people. And so most people that I knew who was in spa that were successful, they were like a Caucasian or another race. They wasn't black. And I knew another lady, um, she had a room for rent. And so I went there to start start my business as well because I had my license now. And so let me back up. So my friend passed her test first. I failed by five points, my state board test. I failed. So I had to keep on being a waitress for another three months. And so my friend, um, she passed, and she went and did a group home because we all the Caucasians we knew they was already on there making a, a lot of money. They were making thirty thousand. So basically, y'all seeing somebody else doing it. Not saying a lot of people, but they was Caucasian. They weren't black. We ain't seen nobody black doing it who was successful. The Caucasians were. 
And so my friend got her license. She went and did a group on. She made eleven thousand dollars in one week. Sheesh. And now she needed help. So she's like, Ken, I need to come on and get your license. I need help. And so I took my test again. I passed. I started helping my friend. And my friend was in the room from the Caucasian lady, but she made thirty thousand in a week. So I'm like, we don't know something here. How the black girl making eleven and the Caucasian making thirty? So the Caucasian lady asked me if I could help. Cause I would just, one thing about me, I'm a helper. I, I'm the best worker. That's I'm real good at entrepreneurship too. Cause if I'm gonna work somewhere, I'm gonna be a great worker. So my, I was helping my friend, but the Caucasian lady needed help too. And everybody saw that I didn't mind working. So I started helping the Caucasian lady. I'm like, how did you make all this money? And she's like, just, just give him a call. She didn't tell me nothing else, but my black friend wouldn't tell me nothing. I asked her first. She will not tell me how to call, what to call, what to do. My black friend will not tell me nothing. The Caucasian lady told me, she said, just give them a call. Who is them? Them who, what you mean? You said, you said just give them a call? Groupon. Oh, give Groupon a call. But I didn't know nothing. I didn't know to give nobody no call. I didn't know anything. My black friend will not tell me nothing. She, I was over there helping her, but the Caucasian lady is the one who told me just to give them a call or like go to their website and fill out something. And that's what I did. And they ended up calling me, and I was nine months pregnant by then. But my deal was up the next day, and I made 7000 in five days. And that was the most money I had ever made as a massage therapist at one time. I can make $7,000 in a day now. I mean. <laughs> but back then, oh, that was a big, big deal to me. That, that was a big deal to me. That's this, this, this story is so amazing. I can help anybody with Groupon. So if you guys are thinking about getting on there, send me a DM. If you've never done Groupon before, I will give you my class for absolutely free. So just DM me. I love that. Thank mm -hmm. you for that. You know I'm a giver, guys. Gotta be giving. You got to. That's that's mm -hmm. how you receive. And Google pay a lot of money for Google Ads. Like, oh, my my Groupon strategy is sickening. It's for any business. It's sickening. Fire. Tell me more about it. Mm, we don't got enough time. <laughs> <laughs> but they have over a billion plus users and they pay a lot of money for Google Ads. So, for example, if you're doing a podcast in Houston, Texas, and we're looking for a podcast to be on or listen to, and we, and let's say you put some on Groupon and it says, and we just go to Google and type in podcast Houston. If you put anything on Groupon with them keywords, your podcast is going to come up. Like you can have like a, a, a watch party or a live tape and we can put it on Groupon. You ain't lose the way I'm gonna show you. You won't lose nothing. You can't do no but game. I ain't never thought about that. I know. That's why you're sitting here with me. <laughs> Come on. Hey, I, so now I gotta run the play. Let's run the play. I'm ready. I gotta run that. It opens you up to a big, big network. Like it's super dope. Cause you can put that on like girls' night out, things to do. They got so many categories. So you having a actual live cast, um, taping and letting the audience come. We could put that under certain categories so new people can see you and the brand, if that makes sense. Get your views up, get more money from YouTube. Just depending on what you want the end goal to be, I can strategize that for you on Groupon and get that set up for you so you can win. And you, the beautiful thing about it is you pay no money up front. So a lot of people despise Groupon because they say they take so much money. Marketing is very expensive. But the way that I have it strategized, you won't lose. So you pay no money up front to Groupon. How much money do I pay you? It's free. I'm giving it to you for free. Oh, that's love. You never did it before, right? I never did it before. You ain't gonna pay me a dollar. Thank I'm, you. I'm gonna bless you. Thank you. And anybody who's watching. Thank you. Thank you. So now you have this business. Mm -hmm. um, making money, doing your thing. At, at what point did like it shift to... Well, you know what? Let me ask this because usually when people first get into business, they don't really treat it as a business at first, mm -hmm. right? Was there, you know, like it's kind of like you're hustling, right? You're hustling. Was, when did you decide to, if this is you, when did you decide to actually turn it into a business? Like, okay, let me go get my LLC. Let me do all of this stuff and structure it properly. So the beautiful thing, because I started my business as a massage therapist, <clears throat> we're automatically on the, the state board. So we didn't have to have an LLC. Mm. And this was back in the day. We didn't have to have one. We were automatically on these boards because we're on the state board. So our our number was was enough for us. We didn't need an LLC. We a LLC would come in and we want to get like funding and none of this stuff was taught back in the day. So we didn't know any better. So I I didn't have an LLC. I just had my business license, but I had my state board number. And so that's all I needed to get all the things that I wanted. I didn't learn about LLCs and all this. That was later on, years later. 
when I learned about those things. But my business was never a side hustle. It was always my main thing. Like I had to make my business work. And I think that's another reason why I'm super successful because I didn't have anything else. What's your definition of successful? To me? Yes. Um, the old definition, before I lost $1.2 million, y'all. So my old definition used to be just doing what I want to do when I get ready. That used, to be my, that used to be my definition. My definition of success now is making sure I got access to God's kingdom. Access to God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. It don't get no better than that. That's it. You rich. It don't get no better than that. That's it. That's, that, that's how I'm going to If I'm doing what he want me to do, how he want me to do it, I don't got nothing to worry about. And that's really how I live my life, seriously. So your spa is located in Atlanta. So my actual spa is in Atlanta, correct. But so, I own the largest black spa community in the world. So my members all have spas and they're around the whole world. Your spa, brick and mortar business. Mm -hmm, Atlanta. Buckhead. And I've heard that brick and mortar business are very hard to build. They are. What what are some what are some challenges that you face building that business? I mean, in the beginning, I was black. I was young. I got a bunch of tattoos. Y'all just can't see them. You know, white people didn't want to rent from me. And then I was saying I had a, I do a massage. They thinking it's happy ending. So I couldn't even get a building. I had to keep on trying. And it's so ironic. This year, um, I, I want, I've had a salon suite before in Memphis, where I'm from. But this year, I was trying to get a salon suite in Atlanta. And the Caucasians put me through so much trouble. <laughs> to get this building. It took them almost a month and a half to even approve me. So it didn't matter if I sent them my 1099K, my taxes, they wanted more documentation to prove that I was making this money. Um, and how I finally got the approval, they said, we need the bank statements now. I got three bank accounts. If anybody's listening, please don't have one bank account, I have multiple. I sent them bank statements from every bank account I had to show them I was that girl. Because they didn't, it was no reason they could deny me. As good as my social media look, as good as my website look, I'm that in real life. My, my business is structured the right way to where I can't get denied. They could not deny me. And so when they asked for my bank statement, I could have easily sent my bank statement from Wells Fargo. I sent it from every bank account I got. You can't deny me. There's no way possible. I got the credit. I got the money. I got the business history. I got the credibility in the streets. I got a profile on, on Google. And stuff. You cannot deny me. And so they finally came back, but they came back and gave me a whack contract. I'm smart. I didn't sign the contract. I said, it's not a good contract. I won't be able to sign it. And so that's how I ended up not getting it built. What, what made the contract not worth it? Plenty of things. Um, if you're doing brick and mortar, you probably got to sign anywhere from a three to a five year lease. That's number one. So people got to think about that. Like, this is not a fly by night business. Will you be able to, to sustain your business for three years? Will you be able to sustain paying, you know, this rent, this insurance? The light bill, the Wi-Fi, you got to make sure you can do that for three to five years because now your credit going to get messed up. Um, so that was the issue. And then the second issue, they wanted me to be responsible for um, heating and air. I'm not doing it. I'm not being responsible. I've never signed a lease and I was responsible for heating and air. I'm running from you. I will not be responsible for heating and air. That's very expensive. It sure is. And I, I'm not doing that. Um, that was another thing in the lease. And it was one more thing, but I can't even remember what it was at this moment. But that's why I ended up. The main, My main thing was heating and air. I was like, I cannot be, I'm not signing a contract where I'm responsible for, for heating and air and I'm renting from you. I'm not signing that. It's like you go rent an apartment and the heat and the air go out. Why would you pay for it? Right. I would not. Right, yeah. And so they sent me a bad contract. And so that's why. Um, this was, you said this was this year? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I talked about it a lot on my Instagram because I was excited about getting the, right. the, new, the new building because I had my salon suite in Memphis. I gave it to my friend. I had it for three years. My lease was up, but it was booming. Every room was full, and I didn't want to just throw it away. So I asked my friend, because she was a cheese to rent from me too. And I said, do you want to have it? And so I gave it to my friend in Memphis, because I, I, I had been quick going to Memphis and things like that, but I still had a business there. So Got I you. gave that one to her, and I'm trying to get another one in Atlanta. Got you. So uh, your first building was in Atlanta. Memphis. Memphis. So you did just say that. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But now your, your your actual building is in Atlanta now. Right. And that's the one. I'm so, I, I'm trying to go to the beginning when you first got a building. Got a building. So I first rented a room. So one thing about spot, we can just rent rooms. Right. So I rented a room from a Caucasian lady. That so one who you just told me about. Who made it thirty thousand? Got you. I rented a room from her. I worked with her for a year. 
Um, and then I went and got my own I went and got my own storefront location in Memphis. Best zip code. That's another thing. Anybody looking, your insurance is based on your zip code. So I always put my business in the best zip code. It's going to help me with my insurance. So I got me a brick and mortar location for a spa storefront after working there for. My business went very fast. I don't have a struggle business story like a lot of people have. Tell me, t tell me more. So the better the zip code is, the less you pay in insurance. Correct. Because it's lower crime rates. I would have never thought that. So I got a brick and mortar. But that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're your right. zip code is important. Like, I moved. Um, I got a new house. My insurance increased. My insurance went higher. They was like, I'm like, I moved 10 minutes down the street. According to the crime. According wow. to other things. So, my insurance increased because of, and I stay in a very good suburban neighborhood, but closer to the closer to the city. I'm getting closer and closer to the city. I was further away from the city. Just, so just going 10, 12 minutes down the street, I'm going closer to the city where it's more crime. So my insurance went up. So you learned the business from the lady you was working with? No, I didn't learn the business. Well, yeah, I learned some, but she didn't tell me. I just watched. You just watched. Successfully cool. I learned all this stuff on my on my own, just trial and error and, you know, seeing what other people were doing. If they're making, I didn't get a coach or a mentor until 2015. I started my business in 2010. I didn't even have a logo until 2015 or 16. I didn't know anything. I didn't know none of this stuff because I was making money with my hands. None of that stuff was important. Or it wasn't important to me at the time. I wasn't speaking. I wasn't on podcasts. I wasn't in magazines. I wasn't doing none of this stuff. I was just a massage here because I just had a spot. And what, when did you start to transition into that? Six Figures Project? Into doing speaking gigs, doing... 2015. 2015. So I had got on Groupon, I mastered Groupon, and I saw a lot of other people in my city. Memphis was on Groupon as well. And one thing about any industry, it's going to be a group somewhere, it's an underground world somewhere. And so in the underground world, all of the black people was complaining. Because it's, um, it's magazines that come out and, you know, awards come out, women in wellness, nobody black was never winning. And so I said, let me try to show, because I was off of Groupon by now, I was rolling the dough. Well, what I thought was the dough back then. Oh, child. That's another story. But anyway, what I thought was the dough, I was rolling in the dough. And I said, let me help these other massage therapists get off a of Groupon. And so that was in 2015. I had my dream brick and mortar by then. It was amazing. I'm talking about a wet room, sauna, showers, conference room. It was, that was my dream spot. Um, so that started in 2015 when I decided to help them get off of Groupon because I no longer was on there. And I was making more money than I ever made on Groupon. But they couldn't, they couldn't grasp it. I, those same people still on Groupon right now today, and that was in 2015, wow. 2023. Wow. They still, they're still on Groupon right now to this day. Maybe they doing both. Doing both. Like, what, what you you can't have a brick and mortar and have Groupon. Like you can't oh, no, do no, no, both. No. no, what I'm saying is they're still making the same amount of money. Oh, okay, okay. How, and how would you know that? I know them. What you mean? Oh, you know them personally. You know, what 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 I'm thinking is, is that maybe it's people that you just see on Groupon. It's kind of like no, I know them. <clears throat> okay. We all can I know them. Okay, got gotcha. the same people. I worked at Massage Envy for about six months too when I first got out of school. Those same people still work at Massage Envy to this day. But they'll call me like, I think I'm ready to quit, Candice. I'm thinking I'm ready. I was like, okay, let's do it. They still work there to this day. It's a mindset thing. It's all about what people want. I want this life, man. I want to be on your podcast. I want to be telling my story. I want to be inspiring somebody else. I want to show somebody how I was broke, how I had nothing, how all my baby daddies did me wrong, how I moved to Atlanta, got flat broken, was sleeping on the floor, and then had my car and couldn't feed my kids and bumped up and became a multimillionaire. It's important to me. But them people, they, they, cool, they cool with how they like life is. I was just telling my other homegirl who right here, I said, I tried to be regular. It don't work for me. I tried to be regular. It don't work for me. This is, this, this is what I'm supposed to be. And let me, you know what the most amazing thing about this? I ain't live my, my best day yet. I ain't saw my best day yet. This is nothing. I'm just scratching the surface right now. What God got planned for me, I ain't not seen it yet. Can't even imagine it yet. But I can't get anybody to see it for themselves. That's why I be so mad on my IG lives and stuff. Because I'm like, y'all need to wake up. Do y'all not know what's going on? Boom, boom, boom. This is, this is why I be so angry all the time with my people. Because they don't, they don't get it. They, they think this is it. 
We ain't even seen it yet. I'm, I'm waiting to see it. I'm living to see it. I love that. Thank you. Pick one of these cards for me. Okay. Look at you coming with the card. Are you a magician? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Pick one. Just need Look to at it. Yeah, read it out. Okay. So it's, what if, what if I know how to read? You know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> it says, how do you define success in your business and the role you play in the company? So to be honest, and one, one thing I tell everybody, I know how to play every role in my company. Like I, I meet uh, doctors, chiropractors, nurses, nurse practitioners, and now they want to, they've had a clinic, but now they want to have a spa. So because they got money, they just want to pay everybody to do everything, which nothing is wrong with that, but they don't know how to run the company. So th that's why it's a shit show. They, they don't know how to run it. Um, so the role I play in my company now, I am just a creative genius. I come up with the ideas. Hey, what do y'all, hey, I want to do this. I just come up with the ideas. I, I got to be three, four, five steps ahead. Like right now, we're, uh, my spa ball tribe, which is my spa community, it has been nothing but education since 2015. We're just now turning it into a social club. And I'm teaching my leaders, like this is what, like we went out in Houston, we had a time, okay? I've seen it. Oh, <laughs> I wanted y'all to see it. <laughs> we had a time. So we're turning it into a social club. And so I, my role is to make sure my company is moving forward and not standing still. That's the role I play. And I, and I do that with, with my creative mindset. Like, how can I move my company forward? Um, and again, how do I define success? It's making sure I'm making God smile. Because I don't know. I'm, baby, he got mad at me and made me lose that. Uh, what, not make me lose, but whatever part he played in it. And that million dollars I lost, I don't ever want to get a whooping like that again. A million dollar whooping ain't no joke. Tell me more about that. Oh, child. So, I have been making millions of dollars for a long time. I'm such a giver. I do so much. I'm super hands-on. Only because I want to be. Let me be clear. Because I want to be. My my coaches have already taught me that I don't have to be the hands-on. I'm like, for them to get it, I have to be hands-on. Um, and I'm just burnt out. And I try, I have been trying to quit my business for the last four years. But I can't, any, I can't find anybody to replace me. And the assignment still has to be done. And so, I put people in charge of my company because I knew I was tired. I knew I was burnt out. And the constructive criticism I will now take is I didn't get them an SOP. Um, I didn't make them sign because they was my friend. I didn't get them an SOP. Hey, this is how you operate this thing. This is the contract. Um, they talk, you know, it came back and I'm intimidating. I can't, I'm not easy to talk to. So if things were happening, they didn't know how to come tell me things. That's why my new team, we have me every month. Talk to me. You want me to bring the therapist in? Who do you want me to bring in? Because we need to make sure we talk for all this stuff hit the fan. Because at the 100%. end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm losing the money. Hundred percent. Um, and so as it played out, months and months and months, um, when everything blew up, I was already just so drained. I couldn't. My mind couldn't take nothing else. Because I got to lead a whole spot industry. Um, I'm the leader of my family. You know, now my husband leaving my household. Shout out to my husband. <laughs> he leading the household, and he just lifted so much weight up off of me for him to be able to. He has always led our household, but he's leading it to a point now how he's never led it before. And it's because I'm allowing him to lead it that way because I'm drained and tired. Um, and so money that should have came in over those months, it did not come in because I was not in charge of my company. I wasn't playing the role that I'm the best to play. And so all that money, it just got lost or waste or stolen, and I ain't never see it. And so I had to come pick up all those pieces at the end of the day. When did you realize that, hey, this money not adding up? So we had an event. We had a plan. They didn't stick to the plan. That was number one. But we already had a trip planned to Africa. Like, I'm real good to my people. I take them to China, Africa, Dubai, and I'm trademarks, do this, give them bonuses. Um, and I like I need just I need to just go back to I need to go back to Africa. And this this is your team. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, so we already had the trip planned in Africa. What, was this a trip to Africa when you was walking with the lions? Um, I've been to Africa a lot of times. Oh, okay. Well, I walk the lions every time I go. Okay. okay. <laughs> because I'm people looking forward to that experience. Yeah, the only time I don't <laughs> walk is when I'm doing my mission work when I go to uh, Bun Ray in, in Ghana. That's because they don't have the lions there. Um, but 
you know, we already had this trip planned to Africa. I knew I was already tired. I knew I was already burnt out. But that Monday, September, we saw the numbers start dropping. But we came back from Africa with a solid plan, and the numbers went right back up. I'm not going to let my numbers stay down. The numbers went right back up. I'm not, I'm not going to let them go down. You see what I'm saying? And from then, there was November, December. Numbers was good again. We had a meeting. Um, people on my team, because my team... My main person, she, she she told me that she needed 15K a month. So I was like, cool, no problem. So we had a team meeting. It had to be either end of December, January. She hit 15 to 20K every single month. So I'm just like, what's going on? Uh, my other team member, she hitting her numbers. I'm like, well, what's going on? And so it was a lot of back end stuff that we all need to sit down and talk about because I don't want to be speaking for nobody anymore because I've been going through my healing process and I don't want to speak negative on them and they can't defend themselves. Um, but I feel like everybody played a part in it. I know for a fact everybody was hurt because we was real friends. Now we're not friends. Now they're not in my company. Now I won't ever. Like, my, I have a whole brand new team for, for after seven years. A videographer fired. Uh, my friends no longer part of my company. And we're not friends. So I got all new people now. And so I've been training them for months. And months I've been training them so I don't have to be in the company. Two more questions before we wrap this up. So the company now is a spa community, right? It's always been there. It's always so been there. So it's two different parts of the company. Right. So I have my actual spa where clients come in, consumers, and then I have the educational side for the peers, for my peers. My, so it's two two different things. And that's why you're in Houston teaching that right now. So I came to Houston because I won a Trailblazer Award, but of course because I am the number one marketing strategist, I, they asked me to speak on marketing. What makes you the number one? Google me, you will see why. <laughs> um, but no, I'm number one because there's nobody doing this. Not black anyway. And if it's and, and if it is people doing it, nobody don't teach you how I teach it. Nobody don't show up how I show up. Nobody is putting these events on. But last year, I spent $254,000 out of my pocket to do the Only Black Spa Expo. And I let everybody come for free. They had a full three-course hot meal every day. Ain't no other girl on the planet doing it. That's why I'm number one. I'm giving away the trademarks. I'm giving away the awards. I'm taking people from zero dollars to a million dollars. Ain't nobody else doing it. That's why I'm number one, and I'm doing it through marketing. That's why I'm number one. Ain't, ain't, can't nobody else say they did it with me. I love that. One more. Okay. So, oh, I got it upside down. So this one says, how do you define, oh, this is the same one. Is it really? Yeah. What? I'm lucky. Okay. I'm a lucky go. girl. Here we go. Okay. Just pick one. Okay. Anyone. Okay. This one says, what's the biggest challenge you are experiencing in entrepreneurship right now? My biggest challenge I'm experiencing right now is how to live a gentle life. I feel like um, I've been in survivor mode for so long from trauma from my own dad, um, trauma with men. And I've just been in survival mode. I've been I've been in this mode my whole life. Like it's just me against the world. And so I gotta just go, go, go. I gotta make the money. I gotta be seen. I gotta do this. And it doesn't matter if I made all these millions of dollars. It doesn't matter if I'm a celebrity in, in spa. I just been in survival mode so so long. I don't know how to be gentle. I don't know how not to be aggressive. I don't know how not not to work. And so that's what I'm experiencing right now. So I am in a beautiful um leadership program that's showing me how to become a feminine leader and so actually this month believe it or not in almost 14 years was my first month being gentle i turned down bookings i wasn't on ig live every day i didn't cook nobody out i didn't go off on none of my clients um i was so nice to my husband and my kids just learning how to be gentle just knowing that hey candace you have done so much work that it's okay to take a break. And what's this leadership program for the person that may 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 want to get into it as well? Yes, um, one of one of these two ladies. One of them is um, Dr. Latonya Taylor. She's from the hit show Iyana Fix My Life. Never seen it before. Oh, it's um, it be on Oprah Network. It's called. I'm be watching TV. Well, this it ain't even on right now, but it's just it's popular. But it's called Iyana Fix My Life. She's one of the life coaches on that show. And the other one, she's actually a psychologist. Her name is Dr. Tina Pipkin. Her Instagram is Wasted by Dr. Tina. 
um, and they have a program together. It's called Nurture, and it's showing you how to be a feminine leader. It's phenomenal, um, and that's the, I've been going through this program. I missed today because I was here working, but I, I haven't missed no days for the whole month, and they're just showing me how to be feminine, be uh, this queen, and learning how to just nurture my, myself so I can know how to nurture other people. Love that. Well, we're going to take this and wrap it up. Uh, I know you got stuff to do, but it's it's so much that you're saying that I want to keep asking more and more questions. We can do a part but, um, two. I love that. I, and I was just about to say that. And I love that you even offered it to me. I, mm -hmm. I truly appreciate it. I love that. talking. Thank <laughs> you, tell. I can't tell. I can't tell. <laughs> I even want my people to get it, man. If I got to talk every day, all day for people to get it and wake up and know it's possible, man, I would do it. I love that. I love that energy. Um, one one more question before we close. I went to Atlanta for a networking event um, with David Shans. Oh yeah, yeah. he was my coach before. Lovely. He That's amazing. Me, he knows me very well. That's my guy right there, man. Like, mm -hmm. like. Did you go to his podcast, Somebody in Miami? I didn't. I was there. I'm so mad I missed Fire. it. Fire. Fire. So mad I missed it. You got please, please, please don't don't do that. Come next time. No, I'm there next time for sure. Five. I thought I wanted a podcast, but I don't. But yeah. I went though. I don't want to. I just be on your word. I don't want to podcast, <laughs> no, but it was fire. You. I loved it. Um, so my question is, when I went in there to networking event, I stayed at an Airbnb, and I had the pleasure of meeting the owner of the Airbnb, and we sat down and we talked. And the next morning, I told him about my podcast. What I got going on the next morning, he brought me a sheet of paper, and the sheet of paper had um, different ideas I could add to my podcast. And one thing that stood out in there to me, and I actually dedicate this section of the podcast to him. And the question he wrote on there says, the world is listening. What is one piece of advice you can give to humanity? And I want to pose that question to you. Yes, that is so amazing. Um, one, and it's, I don't want, I hate sounding cliche. I want to say two things in. My cliche thing I would say is the world is yours. So go go get it. But that's cliche, you know, that's coming. But that would be number one. You got to know the world is yours. Go get it. And then the second thing that I tell every single person, if you are an entrepreneur, man, you got to have some money. So at the bare minimum, $10,000 in your checking account, $10,000 in your savings account, and $10,000 in credit. It'll keep you in the game every single time. Love that. Well, you couldn't close up no better than that. We're going to touch on those three things in part two. <laughs> okay, okay. Part two. Thank you for that. Thank we you. We about here. Peace.